0: Hey guys, I hope you're doing well. I want to say thank you for joining us tonight for our midweek youth devotion. As you can see, I am back in my office at the church, and I want to thank you for praying for my children in this interim period when I had a makeshift home studio in the corner of their playroom. They haven't played with toys for like a month, but they are back and they are playing, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Tonight, I would like to briefly revisit uh, what we talked about last week from our devotion. And you may recall that we talked about a gap. It's the gap that exists between what we want to do and then what we end up actually doing, right? It's the gap between our intentions and our actions. And our goal, as we discussed, should be to close this gap and to become people who follow through and ultimately achieve our spiritual goals. And unfortunately, what I observe, and even in my own life, what I observe, if I'm not intentional and if I'm not careful, is that it is very possible to live day, day by day adrift on every whim of my desires and my passions, right? It's very possible, very easy to default to flesh, And we know this instinctively, but let me remind you that the default setting of every human being is to follow our flesh. But our flesh is contrary to our every spiritual ambition. And if we live in this default mode, according to our flesh, our desires, and our passions, we will never rise to the level of our calling and our God-given purpose. I've heard this statement from Pastor Woodward. A few times, and I think it's a a very true and powerful statement. It is that feeling is replacing thinking in our day. That's what it seems like. Feeling is replacing thinking. Emotion seems to be replacing wisdom. And that's why you get statements like, if it feels good, do it. But I want to say that if our lives are determined merely by the whims of our emotions and our feelings, which, as you know, can be altered by so many different things, by what we eat, by hormones, by how much sleep we get, by external stresses, I mean, even the weather can affect our emotions and our feelings. And if we are living lives that are determined merely by our emotions and feelings, then we will remain in the shallow end of the spiritual pool for all of our days. Right, we all have the intentions to do good, but I think many of us live under the premise of a simple equation. We all know that that obedience to God that it's good, but but I think we all seem to wait for obedience to be preceded by that surge of emotion, that surge of desire. We wait for God to endow us with some, you know, uh, fire from heaven that's like, you know. I'm going to do this thing, and that comes from time to time. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not saying that God can't give us a passion. He certainly can, but I think that we get the equation out of order. I think this is how we tend to operate. I think many of us wait for desire to come. And once that desire reaches a fever pitch or reaches a certain level, then we will move beyond that desire and we will act upon it and we will be obedient to whatever God is prompting us to do. And then once we're obedient, then we trust that God will step in and bring supernatural power and ability. A great example of this is like maybe we're all together in church or maybe even in this season when we're distant from one another. Maybe we feel that prompting to pray for somebody. God lays a name on our heart or something, and, and there's that prompting. There's that passion. There's that desire. And, and then we'll, we'll maybe just go to our prayer closet, and, and then we'll pray. We'll act upon it. We'll obey. And if we're in a church building together, we'll step across an aisle to lay a hand on somebody. And then after we obey, we've acted upon the feeling, we obey it, then we trust that God's going to step in and provide for the need and answer the prayer. But I would just suggest to you today that that maybe we get it out of order and we shouldn't necessarily wait for this rush of emotion to come before we step out in obedience to pray, to witness, to, you know, whatever. You fill in the blank. I remember when, when I was in grade school, in particular, I think this was earlier on in my high school career, I remember, you know, math class, leading up to high school, a lot of teachers, they would kind of uh, talk about algebra. And it was almost as if algebra was hyped up to be this ultra-difficult unit in math class. And I, I, I do remember when we finally got to, I don't know if it was the 8th grade or ninth grade or whatever grade it happened to be, we finally got to the unit that covered algebra. And I, I don't specifically remember it being that bad, honestly. But there is a concept that I remember from the algebra unit from my math class earlier on in high school. And I remember that that when you have an unknown variable, such as x, right, in order to solve for the unknown, you had to isolate the unknown. And in order to isolate uh, the unknown, you had to rearrange the equation. And so a simple equation that we could consider tonight, 1, Plus x equals 3. I think many of us could do that equation in our heads, mental math, but let's just follow it through and let's follow the patterns that are laid out in in the algebra class. And so we got to isolate for the unknown variable, we got to isolate the x, and so we got to get rid of that 1, right? And so we'll move the 1 to the other side of the equal sign. And when you do that, of course, you've got to change it from a positive to a negative. You can't cross that threshold, the equal sign and keep the same value. It's got to to invert to to negative. And so, instead of 1 plus x equals 3, now you've got x equals 3 minus 1. Well, that's a very simple equation. Of course, 3 minus 1 is 2, and so x equals 2. You had to rearrange the equation in order to find the answer you were looking for. And so, let me just allow us to consider the equation I've already laid out. You know, you've got desire, which then will lead to obedience, which will then lead to God's power and ability. That's the way we tend to think about it, I think. But when I read a passage in Philippians chapter 2, it seems to rearrange that and flip the script on that equation for us. Consider what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2. I've always been intrigued by Philippians 2:13. It's a powerful verse that gives us a very powerful truth. Paul said this, "For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure." Now I love this verse. I think it's powerful because not only does God promise to infuse our lives with, with supernatural ability, But he also promises that he will give us the will, he'll give us the want to. Paul said, God is working in you, both to will, that means desire, giving you desire, but also to do. The Greek word there is energeo, and and it means power, effectiveness. So Paul said, God will give you the want to, and God will give you the supernatural ability uh, to perform his good pleasure, or his will. And so, you know, again, bringing back our equation, you know, we think desire comes first, and if the desire is strong, then I'll obey, and once I obey, then God will step in and and bring about that doing power and that supernatural ability. But I would suggest to you that that equation is out of order, and we must rearrange that equation. We must rearrange that equation, because desire does not come first. Because you back up from verse 13 and you look at verse number 12. And I think when you read these two verses together, it it shows us the proper order of the progression or the equation. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so here in verse 12, Paul is commending the Philippian church for, for being obedient to the word of God that, that he delivered to them. He commends them for not only obeying when he was present with them, but now for obeying even when he is gone. And when you read verse 12, it seems evident that the main theme is this concept of obedience. And when you read these two verses together, it's obvious that Paul flips the script on the normal equation or the normal uh progression that we tend to gravitate towards. We think it's desire, obedience, and then God's supernatural ability. We often wait for that rush, that surge of passion and emotion to hit us before we step out in obedience to God's Word, and and then we trust that God will do His part and send His power, send his, His ability. But if this is how we live, we will often miss out on God working in and through our lives. Because in spite of whether or not we feel anything, obedience comes first. Rearrange it with me. Do it the way Paul lays it out for us. First, in verse 12, comes obedience. Not desire, not emotion, not the want to, not the will. Obedience. Simple obedience. And then after obedience, Paul said, Well, then we see God is working in you to will and to do, bringing about desire and supernatural ability. Flip it. Rearrange it. Change it around. Obedience, then desire, then God's supernatural ability. I like the way that the New Living Translation says it. Verse 12, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God will give you the desire, and he will give you the power to fulfill his will. I would say it this way, God will give you the want to, God will give you the ability to do what he said to do, but all of this is preceded by stepping out in obedience to his word. You see, God is just looking for somebody to obey him and to step out, to not live life with this huge gap between our intentions and our actions, right? What we want to do and what we ultimately end up doing. God wants us to close this gap, and I said it last week, but, but to take the Nike slogan, just do it, obey. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of how much passion may have waned in your life, just simply step out and obey. Don't wait for the surge of desire. Just do it. Because passion follows action. And desire follows doing. So many times in Scripture, I read about people who didn't necessarily feel like obeying God's will, but they did anyway. And God blessed their life and used their life in immeasurable ways. I think about Peter, who didn't feel like lowering his nets. But Jesus said, push off from the shore one more time and cast your nets on the other side and just see what happens. And Peter said, hey, hey, Jesus, we've been fishing all night long, and we haven't caught anything. In other words, you know, you can kind of read it in between the lines. Jesus, I don't feel like doing this. But his statement is powerful. But nevertheless, at thy word. I will cast my nets. Moses, you know, he didn't feel like going down into Egypt, but he did anyway. And of course, God used him to deliver millions of people that were in bondage. Naaman in the Old Testament didn't feel like dipping in the Jordan River seven times to, to heal his leprosy, but he did it anyway, and God healed his body. Jonah didn't feel like preaching to the Ninevites, but ultimately, in that whole story and all the series of events, He ultimately did, and a whole pagan nation was spared as they repented. Ananias, he he didn't feel like going to pray for Saul, but he did anyway. And the whole world was blessed by the ministry of the apostle Paul. And our greatest example, our ultimate example, Jesus Christ himself, he didn't feel like going to the cross, but thank God that Jesus did not Live by the whims of his desires, because if Jesus lived by what he felt, we probably wouldn't be here today. He prayed just hours before Calvary and Gethsemane, sweating as it were great drops of blood. It was intense. It was difficult, but he prayed this prayer. Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go through with this, God, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And his obedience to the cross of Calvary paved the way for your salvation and mine. So many people, they feel their way along in life. I would just encourage you tonight, don't feel your way along in life. Don't be directed by every passion and desire that you feel. Don't feel your way through your life. Obey your way into your destiny. What is God challenging you today to do? to grow in, to become better in. Don't wait for that desire to come rushing and flooding. You're just going to be blown about and tossed about adrift on the whims of every desire and feeling that you have. Don't wait for the feelings. Obey your way into your destiny. Lord Jesus, God, I'm so thankful for the time that we've had together today. And I pray the simple things that I've shared today from your word, I pray that they would be a blessing to somebody and that you would help somebody to to be a person that follows through, to be a person that, that stands upon obedience above all else. It's not about how we feel, but it's about what you've told us to do and called us to do. Help us, Jesus, to step out and to stand upon your word and to act first. And Jesus, we know that you promised that you would follow up with the will and the power, the desire and the ability, Jesus. Go with us tonight, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening.